This week on the People's Football Podcast, we take a look at the non-league due to it being an international break. Martin brings out some surprise fun games and we welcome extra special guest Craig Lynch for some football banter and some excellent stories. Hello everyone and welcome to the, the People's Football Podcast. We made it to episode seven. Now, this is our we're really going back to back on the on the on the podcast. We're really excited, we're really enjoying ourselves. And I'll tell you the main reason why we're doing this one, because we're bored stupid because Newcastle haven't got a game for two weeks because of the bloody international break, which everyone usually hates. However, we decided to do an international break ourselves. But we decided to do a non-league special. So anything down from that Division 2 all the way down. So we're going to dig into that and we'll also come back to some special guests. We've got a great guest today who's played professional football. He's now managing in in, in the lower leagues and uh, he's doing a fantastic job. Um, so listen, we, it's not always me by myself. We've got two, we got two guests uh, in tonight. We'll go, I'm going to go with, with the main man. Uh, Kyle, the wisdomist, not the Wally, because he came across mm-hmm. superb in the last one. He showed some wisdom. Kyle, the wisdom, Wilson. How are you, bud? Hey, I'm learning, Anna. I'm good, thank you. Oh, good. It wasn't that long ago when we did the last one, but not much has happened. So keep them well. Keep them busy. You've turned the corner. You've turned the corner. You've gone from Kyle, the Wally, Wilson to Kyle, wisdomist, Wilson. I'm sure I'll be back being a Wally soon. I'm sure I'll be back. When, when everyone sees the, the spin-off show, I'm sure I'll be the one again, don't oh, we? Yeah, yeah, we're going to be putting that in soon, the spin-off show. So just to let you know, when everyone's... I'm hoping people have listened because it's it's taken off episode six. I've got a funny feeling it's um, episode six is going to break break some records, but guess who wasn't there? Our joint co-host, and this is, this is the word on the street, Kyle. Peter Crouch reached out to Steph and wanted her. They offered her eight-figure contract. Steph interviewed and turned it down because she realized how much she loves this podcast. So she took a week off, took some deliberation about the Peter Crouch podcast, and she's back here again. How are you, Steph? Thanks for staying with us. I'm very well, thank you. I mean, what can I say? I'm, I can't. I can't leave you guys. Kind of. Um, <laughs> I enjoy our football chats too much. So, um, sadly, turned down Peter. Sorry about that. Right. Um, but I'm happy to be back and I should, I'm just going to drop in here that it is my uh, birthday tomorrow. So I'm hoping I'll wake up tomorrow uh, with lots of presents from uh, you particular, in particular, Martin. So we've actually got something, you've actually stole me thunder. Me and Kyle would like to wish you, Kyle, do you want to wish her a big, the big birthday? It's a big one tomorrow. Happy 40th, isn't it? Tomorrow? Oh, Happy okay. birthday to <laughs> Steph. Happy birthday to Steph. Way. I hope he's got some big presents planned for this day. I think <laughs> he, he, he's going to have to after that. And you, you young whippersnapper, 40, are you joking? He, he told me, he, it was him, he dropped me on the spot. <laughs> well, I'll so, let you into an actual factual birthday and that's Martin is 40 next year, so mm. I'm not. I've got yeah, I've got a little bit of catching up to do. So, nah, you you've had a tough paper around though. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> careful. Looking careful. fresh. 
No, it's um, no, I've you know, my presence is your presence tomorrow, so I'm gonna leave it out there. You know, me being there present with you <laughs> should be enough. You know, you know, presents are just what do they signify? Money, splashing money. We've got to, I've gave you a beautiful son, Steph. Like, what more do you want from, from me? You know, I'm here. You gave me, you give me a beautiful son, yes. Yes. Anyway, forget about yeah. that. Moving on. I've got your something, but I'm not telling you what it is. No worries. So, um, yeah, so it's great to have all three of us back together. The odd time we did say that, the odd time we may miss one or two. And, you know, we've been busy this week. We've been really busy, like, um, you know, working. But also, Kyle, we had a, we've had a great week because this will be our third one in about five days. We actually have got, and we're really excited this Tomorrow night is Friday night. It's Thursday night tonight. We've got a, a special coming, which you've been promoted. You're going to front up our Friday night fan special. Are you excited for that? Yes. Um, we've got a few things in the pipeline. I've already got quite a few messages sent out and um, people wanting to come on. It could could go well or it could be complete carnage and we end up with people falling out. But that's mm. the perks of it. That's that's the hopes because, you know, rival fans aren't meant to get on. So is we'll see it how it goes. The... Is it the People's Football Podcast Friday Night Fight Night? It's going to turn into a fight night. If I'm involved, it's a fight night. Can we expect fireworks? Uh, yes. So I, obviously, the one coming out, what is tomorrow when we're recording this, when this comes out, it would already be an out for people to listen to. But that one does get a little bit fiery. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. me and Martin are on there, and uh, someone, one of my good friends is on, so he, he was quite fiery. So we'll yeah. see how it goes, but there's... That could be a good little spin-off for her and hopefully people enjoy it. So so to explain it, this would be PG, this would be Bambi, and um the Friday night one that Kyle's gonna front up would be pretty much I'm trying to explain it, like pulp fiction, maybe something like that, like a, an 18 plus or like a, it's a 15. If you're younger than 15, you should have an adult present. Let's just say that, okay. <laughs> All right. So that guy from Arsenal, Kyle, what's he called? No, no, he he needs his parents there if he wants to listen. The 15 year old who just played for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. He he definitely needs his parents there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so what, what, what the, I mean, we could have had a week off, but we decided that um, football is bigger than just Newcastle, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, the Premier League, City. It's bigger than just then the, the WSL, the women's game. You know, it goes a lot deeper than that. And before the Premier League was around, which has been around 20 years, there was a lot more went on and there's a lot more that goes underneath. So we want to talk about the Football League and kind of the non-league. You know, there's, there's, there's the, the, the big steps. You've got Premier League, Championship, Div 1, Div 2. And after that, it's the Vanarama. So give you some facts. Martin's going to turn like to stat or so. I would say the Football League or before that was 1874 was when it was founded. Now, that is a long time ago, a long, long time ago. That'll be my great, 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 great grandparents who probably played then. So there's over 7,000 teams kind of affiliated with the FA at at the, you know, the, the amateur pro in them steps. There's a lot more to play in the lower leagues. They usually, these teams would play for the FA Trophy or the FA Vars. That's their big comp- competition. They can enter the FA Cup it like minus four rounds, so they've got to win about fifty, about twelve games to try and get to the final of the of the FA Cup. Some of the teams now are starting to go full time at the lower levels, as I'm going to talk about soon. You know, there's a few teams, even in uh, South Shields, have gone full time. There's a few others who, and locally, are starting to go full time, which is incredible to think. You know, um, that these teams in the lower divisions are going full time, but usually, 
A lot of guys have part-time jobs and they play train twice a week and they play on a Saturday, but they still get paid a little bit in their pocket, which is good pocket money. Um, Chesterfield are currently top of the Vanarama, which would be the team that would get promoted into the Pro League. And if you want to learn a little bit more, watch Welcome to Wrexham. And now it's a bit showbiz, you know, Ryan Reynolds and I keep McAvenny, McAlenny. McAlenny. I, I hope he's not listening because he, he probably gets that all the time. So two, Probably not. <laughs> well, maybe anyway. You know, I think he will be listening. Probably it's a big, yeah, it's big. But no, I am. Um, them guys took over Wrexham and it really breaks it down, doesn't it? The football league and the pyramid. So it's a really good watch. So, But listen, I'm not going to bore you with that stuff. Football's been around for centuries and I just kind of think it's important to know that. And I'm going to come to you guys because what we, what we normally do is we usually support a big club, but there's so much more than that. How important do you think football is at the, at the lower leagues? And I'll come to whoever, you, whoever, Steph or Kyle, how important is it to the game? I think it's always been massive. Um, like, I know it's very rare and when it happens, it's normally brilliant when people go through from the, from the non-league into the like the professional leagues, but it's still, it gives people a chance to still make a living out of the game and there's people in the Northern Premier League, the Northern League that are on big, big money and it's often a second wage to them. So it gives them a chance to still make a career out of the game and still keep that buzz going. Yeah. Steph, what's your thoughts? I mean, the pro, I mean, obviously the pro the pro game is where, you know, the money's at and, and where... You know, we all see it on television, on the radio. But I mean, the the non league is is the the trenches of football, isn't it? It's it's where you find the people who have a genuine love of the game, who give up that time. I mean, I know obviously there is a little bit more money now starting to come into non league, but you know, you, you you look at the majority of it, it is people who are volunteering their time, who um are you know giving up their weekends to play, to to coach, to support, like to 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 do all sorts and. It's just that raw that rawness of the game, isn't it? It's 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 football in its purest form, um, and you know you can never you can never forget that because you know the game's come a long way, but there is is still an absolutely, especially in the northeast, it's it's a hotbed for non-league football. We've had some real big successes, um, some teams who have who won silverware, who have turned pro recently, um, and who have aspirations to climb up the pyramids. Um, it's just a it's just a fantastic part of the game, really. Mm. And, and I think I think you know the angle. So I guess the angle I would come from is what they would normally have those clubs is they would have, normally have a massive robust uh, grassroots teams underneath them from under sevens all the way through to to first team, and they have a, a female side to it. So they're not just providing opportunities for people who are falling out of the game, who have kind of been in academies or of not quite cut the mustard, and. and, and but they're providing it for young up and coming players. They're providing, you know, a service to the community. One thing I'll say though is, um, I think a lot of players who are in that division and Kyle, we know a few who work at yeah. your Newcastle Foundation of work could definitely play in that second division, potentially even the first division. But because, so for example, if I go and play in the second division, maybe and name a team, it doesn't have to. It could be Hartlepool. If you're a pro player, you might only get. 20 to 25 to maybe 30k a year in your own job you might get 30 to 40,000 
So why would you quit a, a full-time job, which is secure with a pension to go and play for £20,000, which is something you could be relegated, released at any time. So a lot of these lads who are playing in the lower leagues, they're not playing there because they can't cut the mustard. They're playing there through choice sometimes. There's some lads who are still chasing that dream for sure to go and play higher and would jump at the chance. But some of them make the decision and they're superb. I've seen it firsthand. And, and Kyle, you came out of the academy system yourself and we had a quick chat about that earlier. And what was your experience coming out of, you know, Newcastle, playing at Hartlepool, you know, at good levels and good academies, at good stadiums, good grounds, good coaching. What was your experiences? It, it was never easy because you're going from playing on carpets to getting buses everywhere. You're getting fed, you're getting hotels and you're getting trip like a professional footballer. Like when I came out of Hartlepool, I came, that was like my last time in the in the system. Even at Hartlepool, compared to Newcastle, it was completely different. But I was lucky when I sort of felt the system that I got, I would have been 16 when I got picked up and I would end up playing a team I won't mention later. I won't name mm. them yet. And I I played under a good coach um, who sort of took us under the wing and sort of took a sort of soft spot to us and liked us. That helped massively, sort of fed us into the men's game nicely, didn't just chuck us in the deep end and go, here you are, son, go play against Barry from the pub who's going to kick lumps out of your game. But that that did happen. I found, I remember the my first pre-season, I was fresh just turned 16, maybe fresh just turned 17. And I was, um, I played the majority of the games in pre-season. I always remember just every time you got the ball, you had less time because you had a big guy chasing you or you had a guy that was trying to hurt you chasing you. And it was just, it was quite like sort of a surreal experience, really. I remember playing in pre-season against one team and it was just, would have been this 35-year-old man and I think I got a little bit lippy to him and I eventually backed down after they realised I'm no longer playing against kids, you know, playing against somebody who probably would just stick one on you without even thinking twice. But it was it was a good experience. Um, obviously, I didn't play that long. Um, only I made probably I probably count on two hands how many appearances I actually made in that season because of injuries and then obviously I got the serious injury I've still got now and haven't played since but it was always a good experience and I've got some I've got some good memories from that season I always remember I'm going to shout him out now um, a lad called Adam Shanks I don't know if you have seen it he scored an overhead kick from the edge of the box in the FA Cup it went mm-hmm. viral last uh, two seasons ago was that who was that for? Who was that for? It was Whitney Bay. Oh, for Whitney Bay, right? Did he win like a big prize for that as well? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. I remember it was I all was, over. It was I, I was on the bench at the time and um it was the first time I'd it was the first game of the season just about and we actually all came back from that game and turned out about 13 and we had COVID. So <laughs> it was a good good memory and a bad memory. But that's the re, that's the realism of non-league football. It it happens. It's it's quite, quite down to earth, really. You've got to have a big resilience for sure. So, no, it's good, mate. It's a good, it's it's good. And I actually coached, and I'm going to talk about my. That leads us into me. I actually coached for a little while at concert in the Northern League, and I had a. Um, I was actually blown away by the level. You know, I've seen pros play, but I was like what you said, the speed of play. Now, technically, there's some. There's obviously, you know, it's not like going to be like Newcastle, but yeah. the speed they play at, the way they press, the way they play out, everything is 100 mile an hour, but the physicality of it, they they tackle. They tackle hard. Like if they go through, yeah, I wouldn't have fancied that either. Like, but um, So yeah, what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about, you know, about kind of our love for our our own 
clubs who, um, yes, of course, we're Newcastle fans. But, you know, when I grew up, you know, I'm, you know, born and raised in concert. I play for concert juniors. Ended up going back. They only for a short period with Mark Eccles and assistant, and um, had some good times. You know, you know some of the some of the memories. So, concert AFC, huge club. I'm going to take you back to to why I fell in love with concert, and it was the first ever appearance I had on ITV News six o'clock. Um, concert actually got to the first round proper of the FA Cup. Got no idea who they played against. They played at the Old Bellevue. It's been knocked down now. They've got a brand new state-of-the-art facility there now. Me, my friend Conley, who came on, who was going to be on the, the special Liverpool fan and Pikey, we went to the game and the cameras were there. There was about 150 and it was a typical old-school derby. And I remember Stewie Kelly scored a wonderful goal outside the box, ran over to us, did a weird, tried to do a teenage sprue, fell over, rolled over, pulled his top over his head and... The cameras panned to us and we were doing ole, 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 Stewie, Kelly. It was fantastic. Would have been about 12, 13-year-old. Um, brilliant memories. And um, I think ever since then, concert have, have been in that division, that Northern League for so long. So I'm going to kind of take you through, you know, because this is this is the kind of clubs we're dealing with. You know, some clubs just keep popping up. You know, the FC Manchester, Salford Cities and things like that, they pop up. Founded in 1899, 123 years ago, this club. Currently, Frank, Mark and Diane. Frank Frank Bell's the chairman. Diane's his wife. Mark Bell's his son. They're all really interconnected with that club and they love that club. Andy Coyles, who you've worked under, Kyle, uh, A-licensed coach, doing a good job this season. They sit third in the North Northern Premier League East, which is fantastic. They were promoted last year through a playoff for the first time ever from the Northern League, you know. Um, so that was fantastic. Um, they've got Zach Atkinson up front, Jake Orell scoring goals, and they won Community Club of the Year last season. So it just shows you what type of people they are. So for me, concert is where it all started. I I love, love the club. There's such a good feel to them, and uh, they do such a good um, such a good work in the community with the grassroots. And also the women's side. So Concert AFC, keep up the good work. Shout out to Frank Bell and Mark Bell and everyone else who's doing a great job there. Steph, let's talk about your home hometown club. So I was obviously um, born in Newcastle, but raised in good old Wickham. Um, so I'm going to talk about, I'm actually going to talk about two Wickham clubs. I'm going to start off by talking about Wickham FC. Um, so uh, currently in Division 1 in the Northern League. Um play at the uh, famous Glebe. Um they've uh, they've undergone a bit of transformation in recent years actually Wickham they've, they've they've probably gone from you know um just being like an average sort of you know didn't worry about relegation but never looked really towards promotion team um but they've had a, they've had a bit of investment and, and and a bit of change in terms of who's 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 kind of running the club um, and they're really starting to kick on now, um, which is great to see. Um, I think this season they started off really well. Um, forms dipped a little bit in the last couple of games, but they currently sit fourth in Division One. Um, and they're also, I think this this weekend they're playing the FA FA Vars, so um, it'll be you know good to see them go through in that. Um, 
it's a tournament that did win 40 years ago. So, you know, there is a bit of history there. The, you would the, have the, been the, just, you would have been in nappies then, Steph. That's amazing. Well, no, I wouldn't have been in nappies at all because I'm nowhere near 40. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but, they, you know, they've got a really good manager in Tony Fawcett. Um, and, and, and it, you know, it really looks like they're, you know, they're putting a lot in, into the club now. Um, you know, the, 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 they're competing now towards in the higher echelons of, of the league. And it'll be really interesting to see whether they are one of those clubs in the next few years that, that does want to make that step up um out of the Northern League and into the into the next the next level. Um I also want to talk about um Wigan Fellside Youth Football Club. Um a bit of a personal one for me because my dad's been involved as a coach on the committee, on the board, whatever for God, 25, 30 years now. Um, my brother played for them many, many years ago. Um, I never played for a Wickham ladies team because that started kind of after um, I have finished playing, hung up my boots due to injury. Um, but they have been around forever and they have, God, they probably have 20 plus teams now on, you know, running from under fives, under sixes through to um, under 18s and, and, and a women's team as well. So, um, you know, they're, they're providing, you know, you know, something in the community there for kids yeah. to play, um, which is just absolutely fantastic. So up the Wickham, up the Lang Jacks, hope they do well this season um, and, and push push for promotion up the Glebe. Um, and we, we saw a couple of games there last season, didn't we, Martin? We, we, we popped we up to the Glebe a couple of times and, and hopefully we can, you know, when, when uh, Hayden allows, we can maybe get to a few this season. Um, but, you know, it's um, it's just great to get to go and watch it, isn't it? It's great to go and... It's it is. Just um, so... I think we're going there. We're going to the Glebe, which is actually... We're going there in a couple of weeks, aren't we, for someone's uh, engagement party. So we're going to Wickham's function room for that. So look at the look at what are the service it's doing for the community, eh? We'll have a few <laughs> a few bevies. Good stuff, Steph. They, they seem to be doing it the right way. They've got the under-23 team that are they're competing in the, that league. I don't know what it is. The Alliance, Northern Alliance. The Northern Alliance, yeah. We've watched, we actually... We walked the dogs when we were up your mum and dad's a couple of times. We've seen some bonkers games, some bonkers <laughs> games we didn't watch. But anyway, let's move on to Kyle. Kyle? So I thought I'd stick to the team that I mentioned before, and it's where I, it was the last club I was really signed on. It would be fair before my injury. Um, it was a club that I was hoping that had things worked out with my injury and I got back playing. It would have been where I probably would have went back and played, especially when... As Steph mentioned, when Tony was there at Whitley before he went to Wickham, who I got on well with, and it was the manager I mentioned before that sort of took me under his wing and sort of helped me massively settle into men's football, and it was a guy I got on well with and still do. But obviously then change of management came in, but it's still a club that I'm interested in, hope to see do well. But so at the moment, I was a bit worried. I checked Wikipedia and... There's a guy who is well known about around Whitley called Johnny Decker, who I'll explain off air what he does. Um he, he was apparently the manager, but someone's obviously been up with the editing skills. But uh, Nicky Gray is currently there, who was at Morpeth um not that long ago. They're doing well at the moment. They had a bit of a still period last year where they struggled. I know they had quite a young squad, but in the past they have been one of the bigger Northern League clubs. The I think from 2009 to 2011, they won the Vars three times in a row at Wembley, which was unheard of at the time and massive. But since about 1958, they've spent most of the time playing in the Northern League One. So it's about time that maybe, because they do get a good following. I think it's often you see that they've had the highest attendance in the Northern League. So it's about time that maybe they did push for a promotion. 
the player, uh, the player, a, a ground called the hillside. I think, I, and my brain has went completely rotten there. But uh, the player, the uh, the hillside, and it's it's a good little ground. Proper, it's, 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 it's a football ground. It just is a football ground. Um, it's got a good little bar called the Seahorse. Connected. It's got an ice rink next door, so you often find a lot of families go watch them there. And Whitley's quite a small community, so it gets a good, good, good following. But it's, I think it was found, it's an old club as well, which is why it's probably such a big club. I think it was 1897, I think it was founded. Sure about that. So is it older than concert or not? Because I'm I'm gonna fight you. No, it's not quite as old as concert. Okay, no, not quite. Yeah, I was it was close. So it's not, not as old as concert, but it's it's an old club and it's get gets a very good following. And it's they, they are doing well this year, so hopefully they can kick on and match that following up. That's it's an interesting one, isn't it? With Whitley Bay, because they were I remember when I was at the Echo and they did win the the, the Fars the, the three seasons in a row. They yeah. were they they were they were one of the power forces in Northern League, weren't they? So why why haven't they been one of them teams to kick on and what and kind of you know push for promotion, push into the higher leagues? I, Remember I that that's they had that striker, didn't they? Um, what was his name? Paul was it Paul Chow? Yeah. That Robbo as well, Paul Robinson. Yeah, yes, yeah. Robbo was there. Yeah, yeah. They've had some great players. Wilson as well. It's um, it's been. I don't want to go into loads of details, but I know there hasn't been loads of money at the club in recent times. Um, and I think there's been a lot of problems with that. I know I remember playing on the pitch and I remember in the winter months, the pitch was absolutely dreadful and you couldn't play football. And a lot of Whitley teams want to play football, but they looked like the one that up when they had, when Tony was there and he had, they were joint manager with Derek, um, Derek Forrest, and they looked like the one that up. But then something, something went on while I was injured that, if, if Tony, if whoever got Tony on, he wants to discuss it, he can. But something went on and they went separate ways. And last year it's been quite still. A lot of players left, had a lot of young players come in from the uni and they struggled last season. But Nitty Gray, he's came from Morpeth, so fingers crossed he can, fingers crossed anyway, he can sort of fix it. But we'll see. We don't, we don't where know. Where it is, where it is, they were doing fantastic. And then Kyle Wilson turned up and then it just I got injured. Like, wow. I always remember. Wow. My, I think I had a hundred percent win in, in the five performances. I think I had a hundred percent win. I think I remember it was one against Billy Town where I got hit twenty seconds after coming on three 0 up. Got and you cried off. You cried off, did you? After I'm injured, then I remember a Wednesday night up in Penrith and anyone that's played in the Northern League. And God. I remember if anyone who's played in the Northern League would honestly say that is the worst place to go. But it's yeah, mad. Kyle keeps calling everyone out, but then he hides behind his, his blanket and sucks his we'll thumb. See on this yeah. new show, offering people fights and then and then runs a mile and hides. <laughs> but anyway, that's fantastic, people. It's lovely to talk about our home and kind of you know where we come from. We love Newcastle, but there's always a story behind the story, so that's great. So, what we're going to do now, we're going to move on and we're going to look at a special guest right now who's who's got such an incredible journey. So Let's move on to that piece now. Would you like to sponsor our brand new spin-off show, The Friday Night Fan Night? We are looking for small monthly instalments to ensure we can keep up with running both shows. If that sounds good to you, reach out to one of our social medias. Hi guys, if you're not sick of my voice already, please head over to our social media accounts. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at The People's football podcast and on twitter you can find us at the tpfp our social medias contain polls information and 
overall fun football banter. So please have a look. So welcome back to the People's Football Podcast. In this part of the show, we're going to have our special guest. And this guy is a special guest. He has played for Sunland, Boo, Hartlepool, <laughs> Rochdale, and also leaving the, the... His career was cut short, and we'll talk about that soon. But now he's a manager at the ripe old age of 29. I've just found out he's now 30, but 30 years old. Morpeth Town's head coach. It's Craig Lynch. Craig, welcome onto the show. How are you, bud? Hi, thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Great to be on. Thank you. Nah, it's good, man. It's good. So, Craig, to give the listeners some context, we work together a little bit at the foundation. We coach, we coach out there. We've also got Kyle on the show. This is the, that's another boo. Kyle, how are you, buddy? Craig Lynch's black and orange army. Get him. <laughs> yeah, Craig and uh, Craig's. I would say, how would you say you, you you worked for four weeks in a six week summer camp? Tell us about your experience first with Kyle on a summer camp. Four weeks out of six. Yeah, far too much. Far too much of Kyle Wilson, that. He loved four it. Four weeks, he loved four it. weeks in a year is too much. Never mind four weeks and six weeks. But he'll he'll learn. He'll get there, won't he? He'll get there. <laughs> he loved it. Down, eh? So you have been taking a lot of paracetamol when you're around Kyle, but I'm heading. Um, oh, you're not wrong. You know. <laughs> one of the reasons we want you on is you're a top lad. We you know we really like you. I've got to know you quite a lot. You know, heard a lot about you. You know, you're a former pro, but also you're just a down to earth lad. And at 29 to 30 to be a head coach and um of a of a tough in you know two steps above the northern league. It's a it's a tough old league to be um to be a head coach of. A lot of respect to you. But what I want to do, Lynchy, first is take you back to to your to your to, to your affiliation, I guess, to Sunland, because you're a big Sunland fan, you you love your football. Let's take us back to the to the glory days of why you fell in love with the game, Lynchy. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, just uh, just a change for you that actually Newcastle sport, to be honest. Oh, yeah. you really? Yes, I am. I, I am yes. <laughs> so me, me dad and me mum as well. Oh, me dad no as well. Me, me dad was a big Newcastle fan. He'd go home and away. He'd been to uh, New Camp <laughs> when crazy. Newcastle obviously played Barcelona. Yeah. So he took us. I had a season ticket with my dad from five year old in Newcastle up until he got to the age where I had to put Sunderland first, but. I joined Sunderland at six and I got scouted wow. down at Chester Street, Riverside. And and again, as a young age, people always have the argument, is it too young to go to an academy? But every time my dad said, well, it's the best coaching around. So why why not? Why stick around? My dad started a grassroots team, but he said the coaching, the coaching is better. So if you want to if you want to do well in the game, whatever level you can get to, you've got to have the best around you, haven't you? So I went in it, I went in at six, and to be honest. Like I said, I had the chance again later down the line to go to Newcastle or Middlesbrough, but that's where I'd always been. And that's where, again, the coaching was really good. Fella called you probably know Martin, Mitch Wellens, Mr. Football. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he was the coach and brilliant coach, brilliant with the younger age groups with myself through six. And and it wasn't it wasn't really tough, to be honest, to, to go there again. You're playing football and you, you, had a, you had a good club. And, and it's where, obviously, I learned my trade from six-year-old until until I moved on at 22. So 16, 16 years there, more than half my life still, I spend at the club and had some obviously great times there throughout the years. It's incredible that when you think about that six-year-old, that's a career in itself, mate. That's, you know, I know, you know, d- d- looking back, if you if you have a son, Lynchy, in a few years, 
would you recommend a, your boy going in at six year old or would you want to keep him out? You know, just to dig into that a little bit, or would you, would you throw him straight in through your experience? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, like, like you look now, there's, there's thousands of coaching companies out there now, isn't there? Obviously, 24 years ago when I was six, there's not many, is there? And you, you've got the odd one or two, really. But now you see every every man in the dog's a football coach and you get some really good ones. So, again, I probably don't have to go in at that age. Like, I was lucky enough for 16 years, I didn't get any rejections. But then in the space, obviously we'll move on to it in time, in the space of six months, got two or three rejections and and it was a big thing for me. So again, if you go in at six and you draw out a 10 at an academy, that might be you done. Because again, 10-year-old, you get a rejection, you probably fall out of love with the game at 10-year-old. Whereas for me, I kind of fell out of love with the game at 22, to be honest. So again, it's, it's a catch-22, isn't it? I think probably... Nowadays, probably 10, 11 year old, I think would probably be around the age where you would look at getting them in. You'd get them in four or five years before it's up for a scholarship and and have a bit more time being a bit of a kid. But like I said, it's all I ever done football and yeah. and the coaching at that point was really good. And and again, I was at I was at a level where I could compete at that level and I played a lot of my years at Sunderland higher up, one year above, and then had the opportunity we had. Really good, really good players. The year above and two years above me was Jordan Henderson, Jack Colback, um, Martin Wagon, who's at Coventry now, and a few other lads that don't play who are exceptional footballers. So I was lucky in a sense I had some really good footballers around me as well at the time, which which pushed me on further as well. That's crazy to think. Like between that 16, we'll we'll talk about when you when you hit your 22 mark and but you must have seen some some managers, some top players through there. What were some of your your best moments that you had in the academy? What can you remember the most and what sticks out? What moments was the managers that really impacted you as a player or even as a coach now, Lynchy? What yeah, I think I think of a time when you know English football was all 442, but around 12, 13 year old, um the Dutch cohort came over. So the academy manager was Key Zambon. And he took over and, and he started implementing 4-4-1-1 formation and playing as a 10 and, and playing through the gates and playing on the angles, which wasn't massive. Like, obviously, that's just second nature in football nowadays, isn't it? But he came over and he, trans, he, trans, uh, he, changed, he changed the way we look at things. And I was, at that age, I was made to be a number 10. I wasn't really a winger. I wasn't really a striker. I wasn't really a centre mid. And just from them coming over and playing a 10, uh, that, was, that was my position at that age, which is which is funny how football works. Again, I might have found myself in a bit of a limbo of where, which position I would play and we came over and, and we had a number, t- a number 10 and my style of play suited that and we really liked us. And like I said, at that time, I was playing a year above. I'd got moved up and training now and again with the likes of Jordan Henderson and Colback who have gone on to have unbelievable careers in the game. And I think that's only helped me. And then when when we've moved on, obviously we've left a philosophy and a legacy of four two three one a diamond and four four one one like I said and you've got that number ten and then as I got a bit older I started playing on the left wing coming inside on my right foot and then again when I got to 21 22 I played as a number nine so I think them really they really changed change the way you look at things and again when you talk about the Dutch it was just a great time at Sunland where they've come to Sunland and, and changed the way that football was played and and we went over to tournaments and played against the likes of Holland, um, Ajax, went to Holland and played Ajax and Feyenoord and we were 
they were streets above. They were like men playing against boys and mm. just it was mm. completely different. You, we went over and I think we might have got one point out the whole tournament. But again, it's it's great life lessons. I've been all over the world with football. It's it's fantastic where it's took us. The word was that you were the Geordie uh, Burkamp. Is that right? It, it appeared yeah. in your life? <laughs> yeah, well, I've been called some things. I don't think I got to that stage. But no, I mean, like I said, it was... That's it was um, it was great. It was it was great. As again talking about where I've been and like I said, when I got older, being uh, been around the couldn't been around the world, so many different places. Got to go to Hong Kong, South Korea. You go all over Europe playing. I got to play in the Peace Cup, which was in Asia in the preseason with the first team. Again, I wouldn't recommend playing out in uh, South Korea. Like so, that was that was an experience in itself. I remember looking up, I thought, God, we must be nearly at half time now. And it was six minutes gone in the game. And I thought, I don't know if this is for me, this. Was <laughs> no, some fantastic times, some fantastic times. So you wouldn't recommend me going, because I'm, I'm actually going on holiday in two weeks to, to South Korea, mate. You wouldn't recommend that? You'd oh, as a holiday, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Right? I'm only kidding. <laughs> Walking around, I would recommend it as a place, but I wouldn't recommend going out there to play football. Oh, fair enough. Do you remember how hot it was when you were playing? Can you remember or not? It was just ridiculously humid. Like I said, you're yeah. running. I was playing on the left. It was against Groningen. Uh, Virgil van Dijk was sent half of the time. Yeah. I, I didn't know that at the time. But yeah, when I when I look back and again, when he signed for Liverpool and he came over and it said Groningen, I thought, I'll have a look. And he played in the same game as, as what I did. Obviously, at the time, we didn't know he was going to be worth 80 million. I'd be up against him. But no wonder I found it difficult. But um, yeah, <laughs> take away him, it was... It was so humid. It was it was ridiculous. I never. I was at Hong Kong the year before, and that was a seven aside tournament, so that was a bit different. But playing eleven aside out there again, you you don't realise at the time, but you're playing against world class footballers, and it was it was tough, very tough. No, I mean when, when you look at it like that, it's quite scary to think because I think academies get a bad rap, but you're looking back and it's so positive. You got to see the world, yeah. you know, you know, and I think fair play, like you've enjoyed it. You've had a career almost from six-year-old there, but let's fast forward to to when you you got your first bit of bad news and, and you started to to hit that kind of brick wall a little bit. Just take us around that period, uh, Lynch, if you don't if you if you're okay to. Yeah, of course. Like like I said, from six to twenty-two to play in the first team to play every every age group in academy. I think that I think there's probably not many people that's actually done that. So for me, that's that was massive, and it still is now. But yeah, so it got to a point where I was the oldest in the under, I think it might have been under 21s at the time. So I was 21, getting on 22. And I, was, I ended up playing centre forward because again, I was the oldest. I was a bit more a bit more mature at the time as well. And I was playing really well. And because Poyu was managing, he wouldn't be on the Christmas Christmas card list, put it that way. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was getting told, look, you've got 10 scouts watching tonight. And I got pushed towards Dundee United. So I went to Dundee United, which I thought was going for, I was going for a loan. So I went up, had a couple of days. We said, go and have a look for a loan. So I went up and, and you know what it's like, you walk into a change room and it was like 30 people sitting there. And I was thinking, that's a bit weird. Like there's a lot of people in this team for me to come up and be on loan. So when I spoke to the manager, he's like, oh, well, we not really want you on loan. We want to see whether you'd come up next year. Next year, I'm coming I'm coming for a loan. So, <laughs> so I was a bit I was a bit taken back by that. So I got on the phone to Sunland and we're like, well, if we cancel your contract in January, would you would you be would you be up for a move? And I was like, well, 
hang on, I've scored nine and nine for their reserves. I've got a host of clubs watching us and I've come to the Dundee, Dundee or Dundee night, I can't remember which one it was, to be honest, and we saying for a contract. So then went back to Sunderland and they were like, oh, well, if if we get if you cancel your contract now, then we you can go obviously and sign up to somebody else, which again, that was the end of January. So I had two days to make that decision. So 16 years at the club. And then within two days, I was told, well, if you cancel your contract, you can go and sign up to somebody else. So I thought at the time, obviously, I was unwanted. I made the philosophy of, well, if you're 21, 22, I cannot work with you because you're too old, which is a bit of a strange one. If you're not in the first team every day at that age, you're too old for me to work with you. So I made the decision to move on. And luckily, I went to Rochdale on trial, did really well. He signed us within, after straight after the game, um, Keith Hill. And obviously, did he did interviews saying, I can't wait for you to play next season. At the time, Scott Hogan, who's at Birmingham now, he was a centre-forward. And he scored 20 goals, I think. And we were basically promoted. We were in League 2. We were basically promoted. So I thought, oh, champion. Like, I'm coming in if February. I'll get used to this team and then we'll see what we like for next year. And then came to the end of the year, got 45 minutes against Newport last year of the season. And then went up, got promoted, did all of that. The chief executive was like, oh, Craig, I can't wait to see you play next season. Brilliant when you came on today. So I thought, oh, champion. Next morning, got in with uh, with Keith Hill for a chat. He was like, uh, we've got promoted now and I'm thinking about changing the style of play and you're not really going to fit into what I want. And I was like, well, you've seen this. Like, how, what's changed? Like, you already promoted, basically, when I came. He's like, well, you could come in as a fringe player on an X amount of money, which obviously relocate from Durham to Manchester. Mm. I wouldn't even be able to afford a box, to be honest. So I was like, well, not, I can't really do that. So I think that was a bit of a... You're not going to accept it, but I'm just going to offer you it anyway. Yeah. So I left there when the gate said on trial, <laughs> six weeks trial again, all positive news. Hope you're doing really well. I actually went, I actually played holding midfield in a lot of the games and then did really well. Oh, you're doing really well. Played in James Curtis's testimony against Newcastle. And after the game, the manager at the time said, Oh, well, you're doing really well, but we kind of promise you a game every week. I was like, well, that's fine. I don't, I don't think you'd ever go anywhere and be promised game time. I was like, well, obviously I've backed myself to play. Uh, don't, no, I don't think so. I think you should go somewhere and play every every week. So at 22, like I said, there you've gone from Sunderland to Rochdale, the Gates, in six months. And so I came out of that meeting, and like I said, my dad, my mum took us all over the country, like thousands of parents do. And I just said, ah, oh, Dad, that's, I'm done. That's done with me. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm not going to... I thought at 22, do I go for trials up and down the country and and do that? Or do I try and obviously get a job and try and play part-time? So I, I said that to my dad. And to be honest, my dad said, look, I 100%, 100% back here. I'd see where you're coming from. The the thing for me was, in which I've took into being a coach and a manager, and I hope that players over who I've already worked with would say, yeah, Craig is like this is that I'd rather than be told, look, you're not good enough, than say, oh, you've done really well. And But like for, for me, that's that just gives people false hope, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I, 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 don't, I think I've took more negatives and positives into my coaching career and managing career, but how man management for me is massive. And again, everyone makes mistakes, but I would like to think that I'm trying 
quite open with people and quite honest and I don't want to waste people's time. Whereas I feel as if in the last six months of my time as a professional was people just wasting me time really by telling us, oh, you'll get a club somewhere else or we're changing the style and you've done really well. So for me, in, in that aspect, I think it was just, I was just sick of people just telling us telling us lies really and, yeah. and not being honest with yeah. us. And it was just kind of, a lot of people I'd imagine will be in the same boat. You just, you just lose interest and you just think, well, what's the point really when, when you've got people like that? Mm. And that, like you, like you say, mate, I mean, that must have been like a, a tough time for you to, to, did you, did you, did you accept it quite easily? Like, oh, you're like, do you know what? Like, I'm going to move into what, what, what keeps you, what I talked to Kyle about is like, he says, you know, when he left the academy, like almost coaching's his bug, eh? coaching's his bug were you were you looking were you like i've got to find the bug of football because once you've been in it since six-year-old mind that's that's a long shift you put in mate and to hope that you're going to turn pro i mean what what fulfills that bug for you i mean at 22 you're like you're going to give up but there's no way you can walk away completely you just can't no well funny you should say about every time i was i was looking for jobs away from football like i i thought well i'm not really interested it's like at, at that point, I was looking at other jobs, and it gets to a point you're scrolling through, I was scrolling through job adverts, and I was thinking, that's not for me. That's not for me. And I love football like like we all do, and I like to think I know a little bit about the game. Look, nobody knows all of the game, but I've been in it from six to sixteen in a professional environment, like obviously at an elite academy, and then to play and be involved in first teams and Premier Leagues and in different clubs on the on the pyramid. So I thought I knew a little bit about it. I love football, so. I had the opportunity to go into coaching and to be honest, the last five, six years, a bit longer now in coaching, I enjoy it more than I actually did playing, which for me is massive because look, everyone loved playing football. And to be honest, probably in the last four or five years when I've stopped playing and I've coached and I've managed, there's probably been one or two games where I thought, I wish I had my boots back on tonight. And that's probably in probably 200 games, 200 non-league games as a coach, as a manager, probably a bit longer so for me, it's probably it probably is the right decision. Obviously, I would love to have still been a pro, but to say I've not to say I've missed it, I'd be lying. But you had a, did you have an injury, Kyle? You mentioned Lynch had an injury. Is that right? Or yeah, so was he on, I think so. From six six to sixteen, I probably missed less than a week's training in sixteen in ten years as as a kid. Again, I didn't really grow until. I got a 17, but very rarely missed training. Played through like I was good sliders and severs when you're going a little bit. And then I got a 16 at Sunderland, fourth day of being full time, and I uh, snapped my cruciate. So four days in of being a full time scholar, snapped my cruciate. At the time I was 16, five foot two. I'm a little bit taller now, but five foot two at 16. And you think, oh, what's, what's that injury? So you get told, well, you'd be out for about nine to 12 months. So for me, I've, I've probably missed a week's training in 10 years to, to get told that my full first year of scholarship is, is out the window. Did it affect but, you? Looking back, did did it honestly, did it change your game somehow? Did something change in you? Did, you know, um, I mean... It was, it was a strange one at the time. Like I said, I was five foot two and I, I, could, I could hardly lift any weight. I was very skinny, five foot two. And it gave me... Body time to grow up in within that year, I grew to the height I am now, five foot ten, five foot eleven. So it's probably what my body needed. It's probably my body telling us something that you've not stopped yeah. playing football for ten years, constantly at a very good level. That 
now you get the time to grow. And luckily, I was at a club where I was well looked after, great strength and conditioning uh, staff within the academy, within the first team. And I got well looked after. A, a great story, which I tell all the time. I mean, very privileged to be in the position with Roy Keane. So Roy Keane was a son of manager at the time. And he's my dad's hero. If my dad was ever asked the question, who's who's your football hero? Roy Keane come to his head straight away. So... So anyway, we've we've gone down for physio and we've gone to see a guy called Steve Ballman in Bradford to do my operation. And I've come back and the physio said, oh, Craig, Roy Keane wants to have you in the office now. So, okay, I'm 16-year-old, look about 10. And I've been told I've got to go to Roy Keane's office. And I was like, oh, God, what do I do? So I've gone up, gone into his office and he said, oh, Craig, sit down, look. Steve Ballman did my operation. You're going to get well looked after. I'll make sure he does it. I'll make sure when you come back, we look after you. Obviously, we've heard things about he and I'll give your dad a phone call as well to make sure that he knows. So I'm like, oh, wow. Like, obviously, in academy, he's not allowed to have your phone. It's it's a taboo. So I'm thinking, how, how am I going to tell, give me dad a heads up? I'm Roy Keane's going to give him a ring. So get out of the academy quickly. Ring. I'll say, oh, look, dad, just to let you know, Roy Keane's going to ring you. And oh, too late. He said he's rang you straight away. So I thought, like, so when you see Roy Keane, I'm Italian, people say things for me. That's different class, that fair. Yeah, yeah. For a bloke like him, to go to do that and ring ring my dad, never mind speaking to myself. I thought, what a bloke. Like, I thought, you can't, I can't speak highly enough of him. And I think he comes across like that on the telly. I know he's got the hard persona, but I, you wouldn't want to get him alongside him, of course. But I just think that just shows the level of level of man he is as well. So that was that was my first year of being a being a scholar. And then to be honest, every year after that, my knees and my ankles, I probably missed three and four months of like the next three or four years through injuries. And then obviously it came out the pro game like we just spoke about. And I signed with Spenny Moore, my local team. I'm from Bourbon, which is just outside of Durham. So Spenny Moore was great. A lot of my mates brought the games. And within four games, I brought my collarbone. So four games in, brought my collarbone. The, the surgeon said he didn't have to operate on it. So I missed two months, went back to see him. He's like, actually, that's quite a bad break, but we probably should operate on it. But we don't need to if you don't want to. I was like, well, I've missed two months now, so probably not. So left it. And then again, got back fit and didn't really work out there after that. We're missing quite a large chunk of the season. So I moved on to Bly for the second half of the season. Didn't really work out there one way or another. And then I moved to Durham City as I started focus on my coaching. And then in Durham City, that kind of blown up with them pulling the money. And I don't think they've ever recovered since that day. So again, Oliver Bernard just turned around and said, "Oh, we stopped playing all the we're stopping uh, paying all the players now. We've built we're trying to build a stadium, which again that was six years ago, seven years ago hasn't happened. And then I ended up seeing Red Star, and to be honest, it's probably the best football I've ever played in my life. Like you know what it's like. You get even in Northern League, it's a far cry from Premier League, obviously. But we had such a good group of lads. It was it was great. You turn up and you end up playing with your mates and. I was playing centre forward. I was well liked. I knew I was playing well. We had a good team, and in that season, scored 35 goals. And I could have moved to I could have moved to any other team in the Northern League and or above. But I really liked the there, so I stayed. And then within eight eight games of the next season, I'd snap me crucial again, the same leg. So that was that was it for me. After that, I thought there's no way I'll probably be able to get back to a level. A level of playing without the without the real physiotherapy and and strength and conditioning. So from there, I got into coaching. The the manager at the time was a great bloke. He said, "Will you 
will you help us out, do a bit of coaching? So I said, yeah, no bother. So started coaching them. So obviously the lads have just three three months playing with. I'm now coaching them. And then from there, the manager said, oh, look, Craig, I'm resigning. I think it's probably best if you take over to keep all the lads together. He said, if if we move on, we'll probably just disband now and we'll probably just go, just, just go down the plug. So, 20, so from 22, leaving the programme to 24, I'm now the manager of a non-league club in the Northern League. <laughs> good luck, mate. So good it, luck. Was, it was a bit of a, a bit of an eye-opener. And look, I took it on for three or four months, kept the lads together. We stayed up in the league. And it was a great, a great education, a great apprenticeship for myself. And it was it was disappointing that obviously at the end of the season I chose I chose to move on. And I didn't really I didn't really have any thoughts for the season coming up. I just thought, look, if I want to be a manager, I need to get another league better. I need to get more players in the area better so that I've got a little bit more knowledge. And then fortunately I got a call up Nick Gray at Morpeth and I ended up going there as assistant manager and coach. And then that took us on to five, four years later, and I ended up being the manager. So it was a, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. My non-league career has been a bit like me, me pro career, short but short but sweet at the minute. It's been good there. It's gone from being a, a non-league footballer, which I thought maybe I'll play for 10 years or so. Great second career. Obviously, people get paid, paid a little bit of money, a bit of proper money. And and then within probably three and a half years. In non-league, probably similar to me, Corkery. I'm now a manager at a non-league club at a, at a decent level. Got some very good players, and we play against some very good teams as well. So it's brilliant. And like you said, I wouldn't, to be honest, I wouldn't swap it for anything. What was it like when you took over Morpeth? Like, obviously, was it just dropped on you, or did it? Did you sort of know it could have been coming? No, de- definitely not. Like, like I've said, I've gone there under Nick Gray's coach, yeah. and we had some great. Great coaches there, Stephen Temple, who then went on to be manager and I took over from. He started just before COVID, then we had eight games and then we had COVID, so we missed the season. And then we had a really bad start the last season. We won one in eight games and he just said, it's too much, I kind of carry on. I've missed playing, so I want to get back to playing because he was only 33 himself. So I've took over as temporary manager, didn't really think, to be honest, that I was ready to be manager. And then you know what it's like. You, like anything you get for bug, we we changed a few results. We got a few draws, so we stopped the losses, turned them into draws. Then the draws turned into wins, and then the chairman turned around and said, "Oh, look, Craig, we're giving you the job." So it was kind of it was kind of just put on us in the end. But again, I was in a position where I had the bug to be the manager. Everything was everything was happening well, so I just took it on myself, and and we we had a really good run in the season. And then this year we start off well. Like I said, we had one win in eight. We've got four wins in seven this season. So it's it's flying. We're doing really well. Lynchy, I think for sure we're gonna bring you on. We are like we we are running out of time a little bit, but we're gonna follow you through the season because one yeah. thing you're up against in your division is you have the likes of South Shields who are full time. We'll not get into it now, but I think that'll be the next episode. And I think for me, I think you're in the top six right now. You're doing yeah, top six, yeah, six, yeah. Kind of feel like you guys punch above your weight. So there's something, you're doing a really great job. You took them from bottom of the league last season when you took over. You took them up to the near the playoffs, mate. So you did an unbelievable job. So I reckon uh, when Eddie leaves, we've got our replacement ready. Watch this space. Craig, yeah, you yeah, can't manager. <laughs>
There was a little link with a Sunderland job, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, oh, to, to be fair, mate, Lynchy, I can't believe I thought you were a Sunderland fan, mate. He works for Newcastle Foundation now as well, give him that. But uh, Kyle stitched me there and said you were a Sunderland fan, a diehard Sunderland fan. <laughs> uh, he's asked us plenty of times as well, but look, that's Kyle. We all know what he's like anyway. Come but... back. So, Lynchy, what we do to finish, and I will wrap it up with like a little promo for your weekend game. We do a really quick 10, uh, 10 questions. We're going to have to be really quick. So, it's yes and no. Right. Right. Are you ready? Borat or Sunland? Sunland. Klopp or Guardiola? Guardiola. Sam Fender or Drake? Oh, Drake. Oh, Nike Ooh. or Adidas? Nike. Beckham or Rooney? Beckham. Can you lend me 54 quid? I wish. What? You're the first person to not lend us any money. I'm we man, matey. I wish I had 54 quid. <laughs> Stella or San Miguel? Uh, San Miguel. Kyle or Martin? No, oh, it's got to be Martin, hasn't it? Come on! <laughs> Get up the lads. Up I was going to swear there, but we're a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, so listen, Lynchy, um, Morpeth are an up-and-coming club. They've got some good people there. If you're there, I know there's good people there. I know you've had a, a complete turnaround in the playing staff. You've got more of your DNA on the club now, which is what you wanted. If we want to come and watch a game... Uh, where do you play and where you know what what level is it just last last couple of bits yeah so it's the Northern Premier League level so for me you've got the Northern Premier League level then you've got the Conference North and then that's when it's in the National League so we two two below the National League play at Crate Park which is a lovely venue in Morpeth it's it's not like a traditional stadium it's a great great little stadium we've got a lovely artificial pitch and it's a brilliant location look it's out in the out in the forest of Morbeth, so it's surrounded by surrounded by trees, lovely little stadium, great pitch, great atmosphere. It's, it's something different, something different than what you'd get in a normal stadium. It's it's yeah. more of a day out than a, than a football match. And if you go, you'll you'll understand what I mean. But most games, three o'clock kickoffs, obviously, like more like the Premier League. Yeah. And yeah. We, we play some good stuff. We've got like got some good, good young players in the squad now. Full of enthusiasm, and I think players, younger players, will will go a little bit higher than us as well. I think they'll they'll go into the football league. So it's what it's a couple of lads to keep an eye on as well. Class, Lynchy. So so basically, Lynchy told us this before. He said, if you're new, it's your first game. He puts a tab behind the bar under Craig Lynch. <laughs> go in, say the tabs on Lynchy. He has a free pint behind the bar. So Kyle. Uh, and Lynchy, Lynchy, it's been class having you on. We're oh, running well, the time down here. We're going to bring you back on throughout the season, especially when the World Cup's on. I think people need to get up there. And Kyle, yeah. we should go up for a pint and put it behind the bar and, and we'll have a laugh up there. And hopefully we'll right, see I'll some... I'll be right behind the dugout. Yeah. some kind words. We'll take some <laughs> eggs. We'll take some eggs and throw them in. Tomorrow. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Lynchy, good luck in the season, mate. And hopefully Thank I'll you see you and we'll have a yeah, bit. definitely. Thanks for having us on. Definitely come back on. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, you top man. Cheers. What a man, Craig. That was different level, fella. Now, he's a bit gutted because I know that he wanted to to tell us some juicy stories. So what we might do is bring him to the 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 fifteen plus one on a Friday night, the Friday night fans night, and we bring him on because he's got, you know, someone who's been in that academy. From Sunderland, from seven-year-old all the way through, you know, he's seen some unbelievable things, some great players, had great coaches, unbelievable experiences, you know, playing against Van Dyke, having Gus Poyer, you know, all them experiences, incredible. So we'll bring him back on and we'll get some more juice and uh, we'll take the PG out of it. But 
Listen, to finish off the, the non-league segment, as always, I'm going to throw it in. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to call this um, non-league or nonsense, okay? So a nice little one. Non-league or nonsense. And we're going to put it to Kyle, the Wally Wilson, and Steph. Why is that back? Why is Wally back? Because I've got a funny feeling you're not going to do very well. I was well good at the last game, so here we go. Steph, the... What come I don't Steph Herdman. I don't want to call it her birthday. Come so. on, a pocket rocket. So listen, <laughs> the the idea of this game is you have to tell me if this player played non-league before playing at a top league. Okay, so just be simply yes or no. I'm going to name a player and I'm going to go. How we'll do? We'll go Kyle, Steph, Kyle, Steph. So, Kyle, you get first guess and you get a point yeah. for everyone you get right. So, for example, I might say Ronaldo. Did he play non-league? Kyle says yes. Steph says no. I'll tell you the answer. You get a point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, got it. Got I think it. you'll get quite a few of these, but hopefully there's a few obscure ones. And I'll give you bonus points if you get the clubs that they played at, if there's some. So, number one, Harry Kane. Kyle. Yes. Steph. No. Steph, one point. Fucking didn't play it. <laughs> it's not, sorry, it's not plus yet. <laughs> this is the PG, man. <laughs> Kyle, man. Right. <laughs> okay. So, 1 0, Steph. Ian, right, Steph. No. Kyle? Yes. Kyle, do you actually know that or are you just doing the opposite? No, I do. Steph? I've seen, I think, uh, I've seen okay. his podcast All right, from, uh, so- to Jordy. You've got it right. It's 1-1. One, one, but if yeah. you can get the team, bonus point. Oh. Um, you might get it. It's it's where he's from and, you know, and don't Google anything, though. Oh, he's not from Hackney, is he? Um, Six, five, four. Brixen. Greenwich Borough. Greenwich, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, Kyle, back to you. 1-1. One, one. Joe Hart. Yes. Steph? Yes. Okay, you both got it right, and I'm going to shout it out. If one of you can shout the club out, whoever's first gets a bonus point. Which club did he play for? I'm not sure. And remember, some of the clubs might not necessarily be lower league clubs now, so it's kind of a trick sometimes. They they might be more established than you think when he played. Chesterfield. Good shout, but no. That's a great shout. Shrewsbury. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well done. So what you keep the score? Is that 2-1? 3-2. 3-2. Okay, next one. Is it the Steph now? Yes. Callum Wilson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no. <sighs> you guys I, I, I got mixed up with someone. I know who I'm I got mixed up with. But... Are you sure about that? Yeah, I don't think you did, no, unless you're you're saying you did, but no, it's a no for me. Have I have to look that up, like, because... Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. I, I was really... I, I literally listened to something the other day that suggests otherwise. Oh, wait, there, wait. Um, um, do we class loans? Do we class loans? Yeah. Yeah, That's why I said Harry Kane. That's why I said Harry Kane played non-league. It's, no, he didn't K- play non-league, though. I, I he guess. Didn't play non-league. So, so I Tamworth, did know this. He, he went on loan to Kettering and Tamworth. Are we having that or not? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake, right? Okay. I'll give you it. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Okay. Back to Kyle. Jared Bourne. No. 
Yes. Steph's right. Which club, Steph? Five, four, three, two, one. Hereford. Okay. So I'm going to give you the next one. Peter Beardsley. Yes. Is no. Steph, what did you say? No? No. Kyle? Yes. It's no. He played for Carlisle, but they were not in the uh, football league. And he played for Hartlepool later on in his career. So they were in the football league. Because I've got no idea what the scores are. 6-3. Six, 6-3. Three. Six, three. Six, three. Well, Steph knows. Okay, so <laughs> the next one is... Who's who's this one to? Kyle, I think. Yeah, Kyle? Mikel Antonio? Yes. No. Kyle is right. Can you name the team, Kyle? Um. Oh, I've actually seen it once. I can't remember where you played. You get this, I'll give you 10 points, mate. Uh, He's never, if he gets this, 100 points. Nah, 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 nah. Can I guess? Go on, then. Wilston Raiders. It's not a bad one. Tooting <laughs> and Mitchum United. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I'm actually good at him. Well, there you go. Uh, next, what, what's the score? 6-4? Six, 6-4. Four? Six, four. Yeah. You're on a run. The Wally's on the run. Les Ferdinand. Steph. Is it Steph? Yes. It is. Yes. Kyle? Yes. Okay. First to shout it out. You both got it right. Which team? It's a southern team, obviously. Well. So you probably can't guess it, right? So I'm going to give you a clue. And it's going to be... <laughs> It rhymes. So he's a goalkeeper. The, the the team he played for, he's a goalkeeper who played for Wales, and his first name is Neville. Southall United. Yes. How was that rhyme with Neville? Neville Southall. Oh, well, Neville how... Southall, the goalkeeper. Do you even know who he is, Kyle? No. <laughs> oh, oh, I that's a fix. I'm not giving you it, Steph. I'm not giving you it. I'm not giving you it. Sorry. How come Kyle gets offered 10 bonus points, but when... when... He's not happy, <laughs> Steph. He's not happy. Come on. He's a nice lad. Right, okay. Uh, Connor Cody, there's a couple more. Is it Kyle? Yeah, it is. Um, no. Oh, yes, 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 yes. No. <laughs> you want to phone a friend? You want a 50-50? want a friend. Um, I'm going to go yes. Steph? No. It's actually no. Uh, yeah. I thought he might be in a tramway or somewhere. He was at Liverpool 2011 and was at England schoolboy under 16, 17, 18, 19 and 20. And he's obviously had his 10th cap. So Okay. Okay. David Seaman. Steph. Yes. No. Okay. The answer is no. Kyle, you're in the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm catching. There must be only one well, point in it now. We're going no, to take there's a... three points in it, Kyle. There's actually <laughs> four points. There's going to be four points available. Is this Kyle now? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Right, so there's four points available here. So Kyle could win, and I'm going to give him the floor because I know you know the answer, Steph. So, Jamie Vardy. Yes. Okay. Can you name the three teams? And this would win you the game. Can you name the three teams, non-league teams that he played for? Can you name any? I'll give you 100 points. Played for some factory. What was it called? Some factory up here as well. 
what was the factory called up here that he's, he paid for? It was his work team when he worked up here. And he paid for one in Sheffield. But I'm not sure. Begins with S. The factory team begins with an S, doesn't it? Five, four, yeah. three. So he played for three teams, Steph. Do you hand it over to you? So he played for like three. Kyle's looking down and looks like he's looking at his phone, looks like he's typing in Jamie Vardy. And no, is, I'm not. I'm not actually. I wouldn't do that. See him doing it like. Oh, God. No. Give in. No, I think I a couple it. of them are pretty. One, one of them I've never heard of. The one you're on about, Kyle. One of them's in the in the Vanarama, and one of them's like second or first division now. I think Harry Kane was there for a little bit as well. Leonard, no. No. Not Leonard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, you just give up. Give up. All right. So. Was... Sutton. Um. Final out. I was wrong about uh, Harry Kane. Actually, I did. He, I don't think he was at that one, was he? Uh, that was absolutely crap. But uh, Stocksbridge Steels. Oh, that's one I was getting from Stocksbridge yeah. Steels. Yeah, Halifax. Okay, Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah. That's the one I would have known. So there were the three teams. So Steph, you take it again. The Wally with the Brolly is back. Kyle's back. Wally from the Brolly. No longer wisdom. No longer wisdom. No, you're not wisdomous. You're not Candalf. You're not Candy anymore. Um, Candalf. <laughs> you like that one, Candalf? Candalf. It's been stuck with us all all this uh, podcast, no, hasn't it? Candy man. Candy. Candy. Ah, okay. Candy. I like Candalf better. Candalf no, sounds Candalf. better. Candalf. Doesn't Candalf. even know his own name. He's got no idea. No idea. But um, no, that's good. So listen. That wraps up kind of the you know the the non-league stuff. We know how important it is. We know how much fun it is. And when you see them players, super important that they don't just give up at like 19, 20. Like Ian Wright was 23, 24, Vardy was it was later. So there's always a chance, isn't there? Kyle, you're at the ripe old age of 19. You get that hip replacement, you get a brain replacement, you get everything, all them replacements. Long replacement, uh Personality Somebody replacement. You get all them replacements. You've got a chance of making it again. <laughs> but no, it's good. So we're just gonna we're gonna we're kind of coming into the last little segment now. We've got a couple of little parts left. But um, what we're gonna do? We've got the international week used to be such a special time growing up, and it's kind of definitely lost that. Just because the club has become god, it really has. That internationals don't feel the same. And you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm a me. Late twenties now, and you know it's uh, Steph's. You know, kicking and the off. rest. And the rest. <laughs> I had a couple of years on. At twenty-two. Uh, I just so I'm going to put it out there. England have obviously got some tough games coming up. We'll do some predictions in a second. What do you think under New England kits, guys? We're going to start there. Do you like them? Do you hate them? Who I like the wicket. Kit? The red one. Yeah, I love the love the red one. Yeah, I like it. Home one, I'm keen on. I like the blue. Do you hate it or do you not just kind of not like it? It doesn't excite us that much. I just think it's the blue ruins it. I like the rest of it. It's not, not, I think, not the blue. <laughs> I think the home kit looks really like a training top. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I have a feeling, I have a feeling that I think younger kids might really like the, the home one. I don't know why. I just feel like it's more, but I think obviously the away one just sits well. It's 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 a bit of a, a look back to past um past kits, isn't it? So it's a bit it's a bit of a, got a bit of a retro feel about it, which we all love. We we'll love a retro football kit. No, the red one's beautiful. Do you love it enough to spend a hundred and fifteen pound? Wow. Sounds no, sweet. I probably don't love it that much, but I will buy him <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> Hopefully, it's quarter of the price because he's only. Have you seen player. the numbers? Have you seen the numbers on it yet? No. no. So they've went back to um, oh, it's like some of our drum and bass, like hard rock, the hard rock music, which is apparently his British culture, and they've took it back there and matched the numbers of that. So like when's this? The nineties or like? I think, I'm not sure. I think so. I I, I can't. Uh, we'll have to see if we can get it up. But it's like the numbers like wonky. So like, I seen like a number seven that would be one, and it, it was like the numbers quite like wonky. It's uh, looks yeah. looks quite cool to be fair. It's just uh, something different. The, the red top is lush. Like, I yeah, yeah it's nice. I like the red top. Unless there's one of those sites that uh, we won't talk about on mm-hmm. here. They get it off, but, uh, or it falls off. Something like that by accident, you know, you never know. But um, no, it's beautiful, the red one, but the white one I'm not too keen on. So listen, there's there's some uh, there's some games coming on. So we're going to get, we're just going to get in. Steph, we, we've already kind of talked about England in our app topic from you know the Andy Campbell episode and you know what we found is it doesn't really excite us but guess what we'll all tune in but you know it's your birthday tomorrow I'm sure you'll put um you'll put your birthday aside and you'll you'll understand that you know we understand football comes first eh? and we'll put the England versus Italy game on so let's go I mean, first to, to be fair though when I when I was growing up I always looked for the fixtures and hoped that there was a, some sort of football match on my birthday so I'm actually mm. happy about that yeah, but I bet you back in the day you went out for, on the drink and partied. Now you're stuck in and we're keep, keep it down. Turn the volume down, Steph. He might hear us. You're too loud. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But um, right, I'm going to co- We're going to go Steph first. I've got six big games to predict you didn't know about. So England away to Italy tomorrow. Steph and then Kyle. Draw. Kyle? I'm going draw as well. I'd prefer if you said like actual scores, not just like. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two two. I was say. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, you can as well, you know. No, 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 Bofest. No, no, Bofest. Okay, so the old rivalry comes back next week. It's England versus Germany. Big game at home. Obviously, we're sitting bottom of the way for the Nations League right now. Hungary at the top. And this could have big ramifications. So it's not just little friendlies we're playing, guys. If we lose both of these, that's, for me, is very damning going into a World Cup. So we need to get something from these. Otherwise, we're going to be going into that World Cup like without tails between our legs. Yeah. I'm going to go England 1-0 win against Germany. Crazy. I'm going to England 4-2 win. Big score. Wow. Do we Gold think um, is Tammy Abra? Um, sorry, Ivan Tony going to get any game time? I think he will. It's hard when the fixtures, like you said, are quite important. Any other, if it was a friendlies, yes, of course he would. He played one one whole ninety minutes, but yeah. would it being important? I think you got Harry Kane was still on the pitch. Yeah, and we play with where... one. We play with one nine, don't we? We don't play with a two. We play with Harry the narrow Kane's, wingers. Yeah, yeah. So when he come scores. off. Think he'll oh, come I, on, I, I think he'll. I think he'll make make some sort of appearance. Like, he'll not start though, Steph. Right? He can't. He'll not I start. think. No, I think you never know. Well, is Harry King going to start both games? Mm. You never know. You never know. I mean, you know, Southgate's running out with options to to, to try yeah. and test people, so he might. Are these the last two games before the World Cup? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they so, yeah, have so a friendly? You... In, do they have a friendly in November? Usually before the World Cup starts, they'll have a, like a, a week where they usually build up. But it might be tight, you might, right? Actually, they might not. I, I, the I, don't think, I, I don't think England have got. The league only stops a week before, doesn't it? The, oh, wow. the actual league. Yeah. So it's so the players are going to be fit and yeah. fresh. 
if we get hammered, if we finish bottom of that group and finish last, it might be like, oh my god, we're the worst team ever. But we go there and we cause a shock, so it's probably not the worst thing. You never know. But um, just a quick so, one. So according to Google, they are the last two games before the World Cup. Yeah. Wow. They might do some in-house stuff, but um, yeah. really random quick one for you. Obviously, we've got Pope and Trippier there. Would any other player from Newcastle, from any other nationality, start in that England team? Bruno. Yeah. Bruno would get in. Would Max? No, but seriously, Joe Linton's not a bad shout for that England team, you know. No, no. I think they're quite weak in the midfield. I think Declan Rice. Yeah. Henderson's agent, you know, you've got Calum's injured. injured. So seriously, would you put Maxi in? Like Sterling and Maxi? Is that a shout or not? When you've got the likes of Sancho out the squad, you've got Grealish. You've got up. Saka, Foden. M- Maxi's better than Grealish. Oh. He's better. I'd say he's better than Saka on his day. Better than Smith-Rowe on his day. But you've got the likes of Sancho getting left out the squad. He just doesn't seem like a Southgate player, does he? No. Bruno and Joe Linton getting that side. I'd even Laura, Botman's? Even Dan Byrne? I was like, about to say. Centre-backs are so... Like Matt Target. Well, so basically, Newcastle's all of their team would is bet would beat England. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Is that is that getting over Kane? Wilson, Wilson? listen, don't talk about Isaac. You know he's out of the Sweden squad. You know he's been he's gone home to to Newcastle. I heard Bruno as well. Oh my god, he's missing Saturday. Got a five five strain. Listen, I think they'll both be fit for Fulham. I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think it's precautionary. I'm worried. I agree. I, 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 I think it'll be fine. I think it's just one of them things where they just. You're not even worried, Kyle. You're always bloody worried. Nah, about not, not for I'm one. Worried. I'm worried. I'm stressed. I'm stressed Gang. about it. I'm not happy. Wilson, Wilson and Isaac up front against Fulham for England. Wild for Newcastle. Okay. No, I just throw it in there. So other games now: Scotland v Ireland. Scotland win that. They actually, you if they actually only need one more win and they're actually guaranteed to go in the Euros. So that's how important it is for Scotland. So Scotland against Ireland. Anyone scores. Uh, Scotland win 2-1. I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go Ireland win 1-0. Okay, I'm writing these down. So... You see Ryan Fraser getting two assists the other night. Oh, what the hell? Is he all right? Yeah. Two and... corners as well. Oh, 21 of them. He could take take two of them, couldn't he? Out of the 21 we got the last yeah. two weeks. You know what, though? So Kyle, Kyle mentioned about corners. You know we've had 89 corners this season and not scored yeah. from any couldn't believe that, Kyle, because when you mentioned about the 23 in the last couple of games, we are, they we look so good on them, but we just can't bloody score on them. So that's Ryan, an, that's Ryan, an outrageous stat, by the way. 89 corners. And and when we say we haven't scored, I'd be interested to see how many were actually heading on target or getting something. Close, yeah, we, I'm, uh, what the biggest team? I'll tell you what the next stat is, Kyle, we're going to look at. Where does Newcastle rank in the first 11 about how big we are in the league? Because I reckon... We'll be one of the yeah, biggest yeah. teams with Pope. I know Pope can't come up for corners. Like, but we anyway. can if you want yeah. it. Because, hey, hey, hey. Nick <laughs> Shout in the crowd. Send them up. Okay, so a little bit of a personal one. Uh, John, my brother's got two big games coming up. There's a few injuries in the squad. And, you know, there are a couple of players. If they lose Alfonso and players they are, it just tears up the... So pray to God they get through. But they've got two of the biggest tests. They don't often play anyone outside of CONCACAF. So this is... For me, I'm really excited to watch them playing tomorrow night. Canada versus the hosts, Qatar, tomorrow night. What do you think? Score. It's a tough game. Kyle? I think 2-0 Canada. I just think Qatar and Tiffet, you look at Qatar squad and they've got quite a few people on passports. Do you name any players? I couldn't name your player. Qatar. 
But uh, I've, I've seen something about the got some young lads on passports that are like... Uh, they like, do that. They came across. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steph, um, what are you going for? You've seen the kind of team up close and personal. What are, what are you saying? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three 0 Canada. So I, I think it's. I'll, I'll keep. I'm gonna keep my opinions to myself. So Canada versus Uruguay. What a test that is next week. That's a huge test. Huge test. I think I'm sticking with the Uruguay of, like the always seem to have decent squads like the Suarez as the Cavani's and all Cavani's by Cavani's last sort of hurrah for the national team. But I just don't know for some reason when you when you say Uruguay, I don't get the excited. Like So they've got Valverde, they've got Nunes, they've got Arajo. Oh Nunes got... isn't going to do anything, is he? No. And he's on Twitter when he took he took the ball off someone and hit the corner flag. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just anyway. He's... But I, I was, I'm gonna go a two-two score draw. Oh, two-two draw. Steph, oh, you're going to your son's home nation. You're going to go against <laughs> Hayden, our son's home nation, and our brothers, our your brother-in-law's home nation. Or are you going to say a kind of win? I think I'm going to have to this time. I think I'm going to go um, Uruguay. What one nil win? Valverde is a good player. Like so, I think. I think it's a big like for me. Like Canada and John will learn so much from these two games because they just haven't played anyone outside of the CONCACAF for like five years because of COVID. So this is huge. Yeah. And even if they lose, I think you'll you'll get exactly what he wants from it. So just to remind you, Canada have got Belgium, Croatia and Morocco. All three of those teams are in the top 22 in the world. That is That's a good. really good <laughs> game. This, this is an acid test for them and I hope they come through. Now, we're going to go to the Borat Derby, the last game. Azerbaijan versus Kazakhstan. What's going to be the score, Kyle? I know you know all of the players from both teams. I know you follow them closely. Give us a rundown and your take on the game. Huge game. Your uncle, um, Azerbaijan are going to go with a 4-4-2. And yeah. Kazakhstan are going to sneak on an extra two players and go with a 6-4-2. Will so, Borat start? Will he start or not? He's going to start uh, left fullback. <laughs> left fullback. I've got to say, a lot of guys have... Get killed, but um, nah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be one of them games, won't it? That you'll, you'll see. You it. haven't got a clue what you're talking about, Kyle. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying you'll see a highlight on Twitter, or you see a highlight on Instagram of someone that slipped, or someone that kicked the ball on the own net. That's what I'm trying to say. It'll be one of them games that no one really cares about until something funny happens. But we're gonna go with a six 0 Azerbaijan. <laughs> You were a good lad. Steph, Azerbaijan versus Kazakhstan. I mean, I can't look past a ball draw, nil-nil. Nil-nil. <laughs> I'm going to say one-nil Kazakhstan, a Borat last-minute diving header, okay? The back post, one-nil. Listen, one last piece before we go into have you say in, in, Can- in Kandalf's words. Would you rather, and it's up to you, so Kyle, would you rather play for England once or sign pro with NUFC. No, there's no guarantees that you're going to play. But would you rather play one time in your life for England or be it sign a full-time pro contract for Newcastle? Full-time pro contract for Newcastle. Steph? I'll lace Jonathan's boots for five years. Absolutely <laughs> the pro contract at Newcastle. Okay. Would you play a World Cup every two years? No. Or four years? Four years. Four years. Okay, stick the four so arson can go to hell. Would you rather see if you can only see one of these things in your lifetime? 
Would you rather would you rather see Newcastle win? I'm not saying an FA Cup, a League Cup, or England win the World Cup? England win the World Cup. Oh wow. Newcastle yeah. win the League Cup. Honestly. No, that's gonna happen anyway. No, 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 no. But you can only see one in your lifetime. Yeah. We can't oh, predict okay. what's gonna happen. One in the lifetime. Oh, it's gotta be the League Cup then. I thought you meant still. Yeah, it's no. gotta be. Be Well, we're gonna win Champions League in three years, but I'm saying if we don't need to win one, you know what I'm saying? So okay. Would you rather go for dinner with and this goes to you, Kyle, David Beckham or Joe Linton? Joe Linton. Any day of the week. Steph, would you rather go for dinner with David Beckham, Joe Linton, or your husband, Martin? Joe Linton. What? Because <laughs> he's Brazilian, he only costs 40 million, guys. Um, no, and that, that was... Three the course of red wine. Uh, I don't know where that could end up. Anyway, listen, <laughs> moving on from that. Um, yeah, so... Right, so we, we, did a, we did a quick shout-out for the Javier Say piece, and um, we had a really good couple of responses. Now, we're a bit quick because we're only four or five days on from our last one, but um, what we have is, I'm just going to read out Dan Brown and, and Alan McLean. We had a bit banter because he put Cafu in his team and I said, do you realise that Cafu is like seven foot tall? He was like, no, he's not. So I sent him a picture of him in, in the Brazil team and Roberto Carlos was five foot seven. He was about six inches tall unless he's wearing stilettos. You, know, you aren't quite going to get it. So I'm going to shout out, and we're going to go for Dan Brown's team. Steph, you've just put out a post tonight on our Instagram, and it's Dan Brown's team, right? Yeah. And what we're going to do, I'm going to read it out, and just, just to see if you agreed. Kyle was causing controversy with Alan McLean. He was slagging off his, his striker. He was like, you're not going to go for someone better than that, like, or what? You're like, is that the only striker? Because he went for Alexis Sanchez, and you're like, eh? What the hell? The poor guy was, he's raging. Raging, he's gonna. He wants to come across and have it out with you, Kyle, in a bar. I'll probably run away. <laughs> you hide. All right. So, midget magicians eleven, as Dan Brown would call it, is Fabian Bartes in goal. A back three of Philip Lam, Cordoba from Colombia, and Danny Alves, Xavi, Iniesta, Modric, Pizzola, Ribery, Aguero, and Andre De Natale. Okay, decent team. Now. If they get counterattacked, they're in big trouble because <laughs> Philip Lam plays pretty much left inside. Danny Alves doesn't defend that much. <laughs> so it'll be and, and Fabian Bartes pretty much plays at the edge of his box anyway. So Cordoba will be one versus eleven. So <laughs> if you can beat that, do your best. But if not, then good stuff. So we'll, we'll see how that goes and we'll follow up again. But I've I've come up with the best one ever. I think to have you say, and I'm really excited to do this one. I love it. I used to do this all the time. So as it's International Week, I've come up with have you say is what is the greatest team of players never to play international football? And I think there's some great players that never pulled on a shirt. So I think this is a really cool one. I'm re I think it'll be one of our best one yet because it could throw out some fantastic teams. Remember that man, Steve Bruce? Would you have him at centre back, Kyle? Stevie Bruce? Never, never seen him play. I only seen him coach. But now, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> There's some really good options in there, though. Really good options. And I can think of a great team from England already of players that never played. Yeah. But anyway, have a think. Have you say, and Steph will put this out in a few days, have you say, the greatest team of players never to play for their country. I think we could get with some absolute shout-outs. Uh, Steph, you would be one in the female game. Wow, what a player. Never to play. Thank you very much. Kyle Wilson never played for his country. 
I'm not. No, that was never going to happen. My sister might. Well, she she is at the moment. She's under 18s, but that doesn't count. I was I was never close. Hopefully she gets it. You had the option, didn't you? You uncle, you had Kazakhstan, Scotland, (laughs) Ireland, England, and uh, Hawaii. um, Hawaii in the North Pole. In the moon, because you're a space cadet as well. (laughs) (laughs) I would have played for the moon (laughs) if I didn't have a bad knee injury. So listen, we've came up with another another name. I'm fantastic. I didn't even think this one through, but Candalf. I think that's got to stick, Candalf. So Candalf is normal. A bit of candy. A bit of Candalf. Even though in the last the last one we said let's keep it respectful in the one with the Queen, no music. He comes up with that bastard bloody in the bastard palm of your hands. Forgot to tell him <laughs> what going on. But anyway, you know it is what it is with Kyle. I've got no idea what's coming out of his mouth. So. Steph, yeah, you enjoyed tonight been being back on? Are you going to change over to the, poach, the Crouchy podcast? Are you going to stay long term? We just need to know. We'll get that contract to you. Uh, I'm here. I'm here for the long run. Hey, if it's coming out, I want a contract. Yeah, it says uh, <laughs> you are tied down for zero pence. Um, and zero hours. Zero, zero, zero hour contract zero. with zero pay. <laughs> <laughs> minimum, less than minimum wage. But listen, you're stuck with us forever. So, Kyle, I mean, sorry, Candalf. Over to you, wise man. If you don't like the road you're walking down, start paving another one. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> get better and better. I think, I think we need to start checking what he's going to say before it goes out. I think that might be best. <laughs> say it one more time, Kyle, please. One more time. One more if leave it. you don't like the road you're walking down, start paving another, another <laughs> one. Or run down it. Your choice. <laughs> he said okay, guys I don't know how to leave that one but that was the wise man kind of have a great weekend and a, a great week people take care even though the dancing's done don't worry cause the night is young who cares where we go we're ready for the afterglow